Yo. One, two, one, two. Check, check. Check me out right here, yo. Yo, the sun don't shine forever, but as long as it's here, then we might as well shine together. Better now than ever. Business before pleasure. P. Diddy in the fam, who you know do it better. Yeah, right. No matter what, we airtight. So when you hear something, make sure you hear it right. Don't make an ass out of yourself by assuming our music keeps you moving. What are you proving? We just got a victory, Willie. Victory! Victory! Let me tell you something. If you know, you know that that was the whitest rendition. I was going to say, bro, like (laughs) that, that, I mean, that was like um, drunken karaoke version of of Puff Daddy. In my defense. Well, now we got a defense. I looked up literally as you were saying, (laughs) three, two, one. And like, then the lyrics loaded on the phone. Your Google times are. Dude. Usain Bolt, like, dude. I'll tell you what, man. You got to be fast with that finger. You know, come oh, here. Oh, get over, sir. Here. Get your uh, sir, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You know what fucking time it is, oh, Felix. I can curse again. Hey! <laughs> Guess what? We're going extra curse heavy this episode. <laughs> oh. We got to get it out of our system. I'm at it. I'm gonna have to take it back a little bit, and so you can have some sprinkled in here and there. Yeah. Guess what, y'all? Guess what we're sprinkling in. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Ooh, a little bit of potpourri. A little bit of potpourri today, because we're on episode 105 of the We Need to Talk podcast. You heard what the fuck it was right there. That was your boy, the 896 (laughs) vote getting. Yeah. Yo, stack them up. Stack them up, I mean, this guy gets votes even when they say he's not running. It's your boy, Felix. Yo, you know it's your boy, 896, my guy. And you know what it is. Downtown Westerly's finest. Finest man? No. I'm just the finest. You are just I'm just the finest. R.I.P. Finest Supermarket over there in uh, Pocketuck. R.I.P. R.I.P. to them. Because guess what? It's your man's Willis, and we are running hot redlining today. Because we are sitting high. It's a chilly night. A chilly, crisp crisp night in the north. The north end, that is. North end, westerly Rhode Island, USA. We are sitting high. Our, Our fall, autumn decorations are out. We about to put that Christmas tree up in the in the conference center. We are holiday tree. Just so I, I just, it's our holiday tree. You're right. HR r- r- sent us an email. Oh, you're right. You're tree. right. Um, our <clears throat> holiday tree. It's a twelve footer, bitch. Yeah, you know what we're doing over yeah. here because we want everybody to see the lights. From the top of the We Need to Talk Tower, high above the Calabrese Club. Packed North tonight. End. Packed tonight. The Cali Club stays packed. You know why? Because they stay winning. Just like us, your boys, the double champs, intercontinental podcast champs, intergalactic heavyweight podcast championship belts. You know we keep it gully from East Coast, West Coast, Africa, Asia, Europe, we don't give a fuck. Wakanda. Especially Wakanda. This is Wakanda's favorite podcast. They might, it might be. It, it very well might be. You know what? We will find out this weekend. We're going to find out this weekend. You got damn right. Because uh, we have that smoke. 
we keep that cayenne ghost pepper sauce on all our posts, all our episodes, and you can find all our Carolina Reaper engulfed episodes. That certified spice. That certified spice. You can find these Ocean State Warriors at WN2TPod, Facebook, Instagram. Hey, man, guess what? What? Tell me. I think we're taking a hiatus from Twitter. Are we? Yeah. Oh. We're taking, we just taking a hiatus. We're just going to fall we're back just, just, just for a few weeks. You don't want to pay the eight bucks for the blue I check? I don't want to pay the eight bucks, man. I, look, pay the 15 for the for We the already certified. certified. We already certified by the inter- international spice yeah certified uh, spice word coalition right over there, right over there. yeah I we don't have need... we have the the certificate to prove it it's sitting right there in a the wall we still have another year and a half before we need to get recertified uh elon you doing great no notes no notes uh look it's uh a, a beautiful night we have so much to talk about um felix do you have anything oh, obviously we have Plenty to talk about, so I'm not even going to ask you. We should start it off by recapping this week's midterm elections. So it just happened yesterday, right? Yeah. Yesterday was November 8th, uh, election day. I got my vote in a day early. I'm nice. sure. you Did you go early or you went yesterday? I went yesterday. Okay. I went yesterday. You, you went yesterday. Everyone, smooth sailing? Smooth sailing? Yeah, no issues. Oh, but you actually... <laughs> <laughs> it was smooth. I got in right before the rush. Like when I was leaving, the line was getting pretty long over at my polling station in Springbrook. But um, I did I did almost muff the punt, ladies and gentlemen. I accidentally voted for Lori Wycall. <laughs> you did not. I swear. No, but then I turned in my ballot and I got a new one. Did you really? Of course I fucking did. Dude, like I'm filling out this thing. And for those who, who may have completed a Westerly ballot, she was, I think, the first one listed. Yeah. And I just was like, sometimes I see Lori and Leslie. They were right next to each other. Lori, Leslie, Lori, Leslie. So I just like, all right. And I filled in Lori Wycall. And then the next one down is Leslie Dunn. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> so I just said, hello, I need a sentence. And I went over and told the guy what I did. And uh, I had to fill in every bubble. Front and back. So there was no... It completely nullifies the entire ballot. Because I voted for everything. <laughs> and then they take that motherfucker and they get and they, they destroy it. But you have to... I think you have to count it. From when I worked the polls last time... Like, that stuff has to be, like, cataloged and, like... Oh, yeah. Documented. I would think yeah. so. So, like, they put it to the side. And then I got a new ballot. And I really paid attention this time. <laughs> and made sure... Lori did not get my vote. Well, because I would have felt, dude, you know what? I've <laughs> hung my head in shame, bro. Especially if she had won by like a one, vote. One vote. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, yeah, smooth sailing, smooth yeah. sailing. So, so we had generally pretty great results yesterday. Uh, I would say um, so, yeah. especially with with town politics. Um, you know, our friends, uh, Kevin Lothar, uh. We had him on the podcast, episode 100. My man uh, was the second highest vote getter. 
out of the the uh, candidates he for was. town hall. Uh, uh, he might have been the third. I think I, I think final tally was. Uh, I, I thought he was second over. Ed Marone uh, took. Uh, um, jumped over. Was him. Na- oh, okay. Ed Marone took jumped over. In him, any case, uh, very close. You're talking about like a difference of probably like eight votes. That's right. Like, when we're talking about that many votes, just about it's, the it's entire uh, Democratic slate went through. They were nine for nine. Yeah, in uh, town politics. So. So shout out to Leslie Dunn in an area that yeah. that leans uh, conservative and Republican historically. Historically, I don't think that's that's here for a long time. We we just had three years of of the Wesley arc out in front of the uh, post office. We talked about numerous times. So historically, we lean conservative, but I think this time you saw that we were really starting to to to, to lean the other way. I mean, we're talking about nine for nine. Nine for nine candidates. How many Republicans got not got elected? Two, two, two right. out of right. however many they had. So, so yeah, that was a, a big win for the town. Big win for the Wesley Democrats. Um, a lot of great, great people are going to get a chance to show this town what they can do. A lot of them are are first time new voices, uh, uh, office holders. Um, but not new to leadership, not mm. new to uh, making uh, the right decisions. So we're going to watch closely. We're going to support them wholeheartedly. And uh, also a shout out to uh, Farouk Rajab, who uh, did not win in his contest. But, you know, it was it was pretty damn close. And he ran a magnificent campaign. Um, and I know... Not only from speaking with him um, a couple episodes ago, but just knowing him as a man and as a person, uh, he's going to continue to be uh, leading not only in um, his district, uh, but as the chair of the Board of Ed in Stonington, um, as the chair of the uh, Rhode Island Hospitality uh, Association. And uh, the other 12 committees that he's on <laughs> as the chair, uh, which he does uh, magnificently, uh, all of them. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure that won't be the last we see of Farouk. I, I ho- certainly hope not. But um, big shout out to him. Anything else you want to say, Felix? Oh, dude, I got I got dozens of things. Let's hear it. Dozens of things. So, so uh, as well, uh, congratulations, Victoria Goo. We went through, Democrats went nine for nine. We went three for four. We went three for we four. Three for four. And all of our Rhode Island candidates won. I don't know how, we. I know we roll 50 deep here in, in downtown. In, da- in, in downtown. In downtown, we roll 50 deep. I don't know what we roll over in Connecticut. So maybe. I mean, uh, certainly like. I, I would say in the hundreds, hundred deep, hundreds deep, maybe maybe even the thousands. Okay, I don't know. Okay. I, I've seen the numbers. So maybe that's but, why Farouk got as close as he did. So yeah. Said. See, right. the problem is they're not all in District 18. A lot of them point. cannot he vote for him. That weird so you know, you're right. You're right. So <clears throat> so congratulations, Victoria. Um, as you said, our friends who who got who 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 was who were able to get elected to town council and also the school committee. Seth Magaziner uh, uh, ran a great race against Alan Fung. Who's just a, kind of like, a, in my estimation, a fool? Um, uh, kind of, kind of does that. Oh, look, I, I'm easygoing and kind of witty and funny, and uh, I can relate uh, to the common man kind of thing. But like, he has some pretty dangerous ideas. And hey, you see him out there with that Trump hat. Okay, that shit's real. 
Um, I don't care where you were. If you ever <laughs> supported Donald Trump at any point and you're a politician, you knew better. You knew better. Um, I do want to just uh, quickly kind of go over the school committee stuff, right? So Leslie Dunn, our our our, our fabulous uh, sister who was on our pod for episode 100, we love her, and she uh, deservedly uh, got the most votes um, for, for the school committee. Running behind her, only 35 votes or so behind was Lori Wycall. So yeah, I know. Boom. You know, and I and then after her was Mike Ober. So f- for the three seats, two out of three uh, went to Dems. Lori got on. Um, you know, out of all the outcomes, I I would have preferred somebody like Tim get on or, or Angela. Um, Michael Ober obviously has the experience, and and I and I'm, I'm sure he'll continue to do great. Um, but obviously, out of all the outcomes. Um, this one is not as alarming to me. Seth is just like kind of da- Seth to me is dangerous. Right. Seth is, Seth is a loose cannon. I th- and I um, think like you know we did a lot of talk on this podcast about him about the type of things that he's been campaigning on and how much of that is just dangerous and and bullshit. So I think in in our objective of making him the most unelectable candidate i think we succeeded in that and i i i I say that by looking at the number of votes he got um barely double uh that you got Uh, you yeah uh felix a martinez the third as you were listed on the ballot uh who dropped out of the race (laughs) weeks ago did not campaign at all, still had signs in the ballot locations, bright yellow signs saying, this man is not running, but he's on the ballot. Wouldn't you know, almost 900 people voted for this dude. I just like, you try to like, I've tried to think about like, who were these people? I know two of them. Nine. I know. Hundred. I know though. at least. I know. I, I know. I know at least two of them. Right. Um. Th- th- you could have had individuals who were just throwing a vote at me, maybe just to kind of mess things up. I I, I don't know. I, that seems seems kind of weird. Um. Because you wouldn't need to do that. Like if you don't want one of the other ones to win, like Tim or or Leslie, just don't vote for them. Like right. you could just, just vote for Lori. And Seth, and don't you don't have to vote for three. I think maybe some people know. thought that you had to. So put there's three. I'm sure. So then you probably end up getting votes. I guess, yeah, with Seth and Lori. That's a, a good point. You know there may I mean? be people who are like, well, I got to vote for three. You know, so you don't have to. You can vote for two. You can vote for one. Right. You can vote for none. Right. Um, you know, there may have been individuals who just didn't know. Even I, somebody I know who have known most of my life. Um, they're like our parents' age. He texted me afterwards. He's like, hey, man, you owe me a coffee. I just voted for you. And I was like, thanks. But, you know, and this is not somebody who's plugged in online. Right, right. Didn't even know I was running until they walked into the ballot. So maybe he just didn't see all of the signs. Like, I knew another person, um, somebody that we know from North Stonington, who's like, oh, yeah, my buddy voted for you. And I'm like, and he congrats. He's like, hey, man, good luck. And I'm like. I dropped out like a month ago. And he's like, oh. <laughs> so there absolutely probably were people who just didn't see those signs. My wife didn't see the signs. 
She voted earlier in the day. And she's like, Felix, I didn't notice a single sign. Now, but then I go and everybody else that I've talked to is like, there were signs literally everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I cannot explain how 896 people um, did not see the signs and still cast a vote for me. It is kind of, I mean, when you think about it, no campaign, no signs, no yard signs, no appearances, <laughs> an announcement, yeah. Instagram post. And a, uh, uh, I'm stepping down video. <laughs> That's all I did for this campaign. And I got almost a thousand votes. So, Yo, which, listen, listen, <laughs> listen, imagine what's going to happen when this dude really runs. So listen, Look, no, no, no. All listen, right. we got to talk some shit here. All right, let's talk shit. We got to talk our shit. Let's talk our shit a little bit. We got to talk some shit because there was some people in town that started running their mouth talking about, oh, Felix is a quitter. Why Why didn't he stay in the race? Look, he's smart enough to know what he doesn't know. <laughs> and there's a lot of people out there, probably some that are even hearing this right now, that aren't that smart. Hey, Seth. <clears throat> hey, Seth. There's a lot of people out there who aren't smart enough to know what they don't know. I am reminded regularly about the things that I don't know. Like, regularly. And so, I, I don't want to spend a fucking hour and a half talking about politics. But I will just... So, after last week's meet, uh, uh, meeting, after last week's pod, we advertised, hey, guys, tomorrow morning, WBLQ, Seth and Lori will be on there. And your man's... I'm sorry, your your boy called in. And I challenged Seth. And I, I, I think it went pretty well. Like, he sounded like a babbling idiot. Um, just to let it be known, Seth paid for that spot. They ne- he never shared it. So, like, he paid for that radio spot and never, like, got a copy of it and shared it online for his const- for his hopeful voter base to, to hear. That's, um, it's probably better it's off. It's probably better off. Because it was painful even without me. The co- the host was asking him straightforward questions. Like, do you support the the uh, yes for question four, the rebuilding? He's like, well, you know, when you look at, you know, I, I think I, yeah, I would support yes on, on building. But, you know, when you look, like, he, he never answered a question. And I literally challenged him on, like, dude, explain anything. Like, explain something. Like, I, I, I think my, my exact way of saying it was like, hey, you keep saying obviously. Because every question that he would answer would be like, well, obviously, you know, we have problems with our test scores. Well, obviously this, obviously that. And it's a very easy way for a person who doesn't know something to automatically, like, if you don't know specifics either, but I start off a statement with, well, obviously, blank. I automatically feel make you feel that you got to agree with me because I started it with obviously. You know what I mean? Well, like, and, well, obviously, it puts, it puts me if I say obviously first, it puts me in a position of power over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now I mean? I'm the one with the well, you know. Well, obviously, it's with presumed the New York that Giants I have team, knowledge that you don't have, and I'm and I'm cutting out the like argument about it. Well, obviously, Willis, everybody knows that you ain't got no hair in your head. And even if you do have hair, even if you're offended by that, you're not going to push back. And I guess I, you know what? That was a low blow. I'm sorry. No, not low. That was very high. <laughs> that was, that was, that was a medium blow. It was a medium blow. So anyway, 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 like, and he's just kind of going through, he's kind of, he's kind of going back and forth with me a little bit. And he, he had kind of attacked social emotive learning earlier in the thing. He's like, oh, you know, social emotive learning, you know, all the things with that. And, and and the I think it's she I don't know if she's a producer on the show or co-host, but 
Somebody who worked for WBLQ, I believe she's the person who answered the phone when I called. Yeah. Uh, she chimed in and she was like, can I just for a second talk like, like mention social emotive learning? Cause I'm hearing people talk about it in a way that's not accurate and I need to talk and I want to say my piece about it. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause earlier in the interview, the host had asked him, what is, uh, you know, cause he had meant, well, you know, social emotive, emotional learning. And like then the host was like, "Well, John Gagne was like, well, what is you know what is that social emotional learning that I hear? What is it exactly? Well, you know, that's one of the problems is that like you know you have these acronyms and the parents can't get the information that they want to get. So you know when we talk about and he's just completely sidestep the the very straightforward answer because he doesn't know what that is. Right, that's, he doesn't know well, what it is. That that's been that way with a lot of the with things that the he talks things. about. Paraprofessional school it could be, it could be CRT, it could be paraprofessionals, it could be social." emotional learning so it could be any of that stuff so the 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 woman on on who worked for wboq explained it she's like social emotional learning is a form of learning for individuals who can't process information in in a standard way that other people would i'm paraphrasing and she started to list off people that were social emotional learners including brian who who most of us in the community know our, our friend brian who works at wblq and she also herself said i am a social emotional learner i have adhd and i did this a different way for me to learn and then it was like john county is like well so there you go <laughs> and it's just like well yeah see and i'm like and i literally was like seth was that the f- is that the first time you've learned about what social emotional learning is? Is that the first you've ever heard about what it is? And he's like, "No, I know what it is, buddy." So, like, yeah, well, that that part was great for me because I I turned in I had I don't know I had some bad information. And I turned on the interview at the very end, and, and it was it was perfect because it was during your call when I turned it on. <laughs> And I heard the conversation about about social emotive learning back and forth, and the part where I knew that he snapped was when he called you. Buddy. He called me buddy, dude. I said, "The guy, I got him." Oh, he got him. And he got him, him because pal. I think I called him pal. I was like, "Oh, okay, pal." <laughs> yeah, you know, like when you're when you're trying to be professional, which I, I feel like he was. You're trying to sound. He was. He was trying. Um, knowledgeable, and you're trying to sound like you're electable. There comes a point in your frustration level where you you blow past the line <laughs> where you can no longer hide your true self. You know what I mean? Like black people do it when they code switch all the time. And <laughs> and you know, if you, if you get somebody frustrated enough, that other part of that will come out, right? Mm-hmm. And I th- I feel like you did this to Seth when you pressed him on the definition of literally anything, anything. that he wanted, I just to, wanted say. to say. Anything. So so just to get through this long soliloquy that we promised each other we wouldn't do before we started, but then we became our true selves, right? There's only a point where you can hold back, right, Willie? Um this is so Seth Logan doesn't know anything. He re- he honestly doesn't. And I think actually that's even worse than just him being ah, that's that well. I was going to say that's even worse than him being bigoted and, and uh, homophobic and transphobic, but that's from a position of privilege. I can say that because <laughs> I'm not – because I'm a cisgendered white male. So I can say, oh, him being an idiot is worse than him being a bigot. But it, it's probably all equal. He's as much of an idiot as he is a bigot, and he – 
I know what I didn't know. And I also knew I didn't have a campaign that I was running at all. That is why I dropped out. And also, by the way, what became super, super obvious as the results were coming in, if I did run, I think that would have done worse. Like, I don't even know. Like, somebody should have told us earlier, Felix, don't run at all because I'm crowding the field. Right? We already had a situation where Angela Gothels, Tim Killam, uh, Michael Ober, and Leslie Dunn were all essentially polling from the same voter base. Essentially, right. you can only vote for three. So you throw me in there too. And now let's say I do run some kind of a campaign. And let's not even say, oh, if I run a campaign, I'm getting up to the numbers that Tim or, or Mike or I'm not, I'm not touching Leslie's numbers. Let's say I get like Tim or Michael uh, numbers in the 3000s. Yo, if I got just 2,500, right, that's another 1,500 votes that come away from Mike or Leslie or something like that. And then that really messes up. At that point, you're cannibalizing off from each other and it's stupid. Hey, hey, Christine, I know you're listening too. You know what really harmed your husband is that he ran and so did Weston Place. Victoria Goo waxed both of those candidates. But when you look at the numbers, yeah, I'm concerned about next time because if you add up, Cook's votes and Place's votes, they beat Goo, right? So, hey, <laughs> Christine, I know you guys are really smart over the cookhouse. Your husband and, and Weston split the vote. And if I'm running hard, I'm spl- I'm not even splitting in twain. I'm like, we're splitting in like sixths and fifths, all the same vo- collection of voters. So I'm not saying I would make Seth win. <laughs> Because all the lawn signs in the world, Seth, didn't make, didn't help you win. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, I, I so, I, and I'll say this one thing, and I think I'll leave it there. Um, Christine, the real reason why I quit is because I don't want to run against Leslie Dunn. I don't even want to run against Laurie Wycall or Seth Logan. I want to run against you. I know you and your husband have spent a lot of time in public service. And by the way, I will give you, I'll, I'll give you that. Absolutely. Your husband just, you know, lost. And so maybe this is kind of like a thing where he sits back and says, you know what? How about we just be entrepreneurs? Be down at Seaside and doing our thing, you know? Um, I don't want you to go that way. I want you to run again. So in a couple years, when you're up for re-election, and if you're eligible to run again, please do. Because if I'm going to lose to anybody, Christine, I want it to be you. But I guarantee you, I guarantee it on the pod, on wax, when I come through again and I try, shit, 896, pah, 896, Willis. I got 896 doing nothing, doing nothing in my sleep. I got 896. We love it. What do you think I'm going to get when I try, Christine? Oh, man. All right. You're going to get a seat on the the, uh, school committee. That's what you're going to get. Congratulations to everybody. We love you. Good job. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Let's go. We have so much. Dude, so what do you... what do we let's, do? Let's just fire off some topics. Let's let's go through them. We got a lot to discuss. I'm just gonna go. Just go. Kyrie Irving. Woo, dude. Start off with a heat rock. So I don't remember, dude. I honestly don't remember 
We did do we did do an NBA preview pod. We did an we NBA did do, do an NBA preview pod. I don't recall what we may have said about the Nets. I'm sure we had said that like their contender, if if the chips fall correctly, just as much as any other team in the East. Well, what what we said about them when we did our NBA pod, we did it in a format where we were looking at teams that were exciting to watch. Yes, league, yes, league pass teams. Yep, uh, the Nets. Um, are so bad that they aren't even a real fun league pass team right now. Would you say it's because like the the players who are playing or not playing make the level of play so low? Are you saying that there's just such such excuse me, let me try it again. Such a stink that this Kyrie thing is worse than the COVID denial Kyrie or the I'm Essentially mailing it, mailing it in on the Boston Celtics, Kyrie. Like all the other less than positive versions of Kyrie we've had over the past five years since mm-hmm. he won the title with the Cavs. Yeah. Like, is this like the worst version? Uh, well, I think it's the worst version in the sense that the reason why he's not playing right now, it's the worst reason. Other than all the other reasons why he hasn't played in the past, not getting a COVID vaccine, not getting a COVID we vaccine, we know people who probably didn't. Yeah, um, wanting to sit out after um, uh, there was uh, a few, there was some violence uh, during the summer of 2020. I think he was he was somebody he during was, yeah during the bubble. He's like, I don't want to play. He right? did not yeah. want to play in the bubble, and he was trying to convince other people not to play as well. Um, he. Uh, and then here and there, you know, took some games off for his sister's birthday. Yeah, and, all that. And Mental blah, health. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this time is the worst reason um, for his absence. Uh, for anyone that is not in the know about Kyrie Irving, uh, we're assuming you know who Kyrie Irving is. Point guard for the, for the Brooklyn Nets. I almost said New Jersey Nets. You almost did. <laughs> um, for the Brooklyn Nets, all-star, one of the – Top five guards in the NBA. One of the best handles ever. Uh, one of the best handles ever. Uh, this season with the Nets, uh, he is is one of these guys who who is very Kanye esque in the sense that he considers himself a, a quote unquote free thinker and is not beholden to uh, the norms of us mere mortals like. Um, uh, those of us who believe in a round earth, uh, <laughs> he is on a much higher intellectual plane than us. Therefore, he sees outside that box and can consider a flat earth, if you will. Open your third eye. Uh, he, which, which is a very much a part of his thing. Um, another part of his thing is <laughs> <Anti-Semitism>. sh- sharing <laughs> anti-Semitic videos on Twitter. Um, that is... Uh, he basically he promoted this video that's found on Amazon, which is full of like anti-Semitic, uh, like Holocaust denial stuff, like um, just full of lies, uh, full of of uh, almost like Hitler, um, like like th- thinking like grandiose thoughts about Hitler, what he was doing. And and like that whole uh, Nazi propaganda machine, um, he he shared the movie online, mm. um, which anybody that has fucking social media knows that if you share something, essentially you're like, hey, 
check this out. You know what I mean? You are, you are whether you like it or not, endorsing your uh, followers to watch this video. You, you are essentially you co-signing are, it. You are co-signing this Unless video. you preface it with, Look at this shitty thing. Right, right. <laughs> Dude, and that, you can share something that's that very you important. With, but you would say you it. have to say as you share it. Look at you know. Look at this ridiculous shit or whatever. Yeah. Like kind of like when I posted the flyer for the thing at the the Westerly Library in a couple of days. Yeah. You know, I, I I made it very clear that I'm anti yeah, this, like, this hey, particular. Look meeting. at this sweet you know I mean? turf event. Right. Um, so when he shared this along with other like strange quotes from like Alex Jones and stuff like that, obviously it caught fire online and went viral and everybody's like, dude, what the fuck Kyrie? Like, this is not it, man. Like this is so far from it. And, um, the, the hammers started coming down. Like first it was, it was, um, you know, just like the Twitter sphere, black Twitter was like, yo, Kyrie is on one, right? Um, then the advertisers started coming for him. Then the NBA started, Adam Silver, like, and then, you know, it led to him being suspended for a minimum of five games, contingent on him fulfilling what looks like six individual steps. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Do now, Ky- now, Kyrie, he dropped this video, right? It took a long time for him to really officially disavow it. It was like over they a week asked, of this. They gave him many chances, yeah. right? Multiple press conferences, statements online, statements with the uh, Anti-Defamation League, all this stuff, statements with the owner of the team, all these chances he had to come out and fully apologize. But not until the money stopped. And not until, I think, maybe some people that were close to him were like, dude, um, you're about to lose everything. Yeah. Um, only then we got a full-voiced apology from Kyrie, um, you know, which is... If he really felt that way, what we should have gotten like from the jump, but we didn't, and we didn't because he doesn't feel that. He doesn't way. feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, here we are. He's been suspended for a couple games now. Uh, Nets are playing the Knicks tonight. Kyrie is not part of that. We have this situation where they say him coming back to the team is contingent on fulfilling. Six steps. Do you know what the, I have them here? Uh, I uh, yeah. I, so I read them. I didn't. I didn't have them in front of me. Without knowing what they are. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that they they meaning the NBA or the Nets, whoever set forth this list of demands from him? Do you think it is? Worth it for them to put him out front like this. Um, I I understand what he did was wrong. What he did was was not cool at all. The video that he shared is anti-Semitic. 
But do you think they're making a mistake in kind of like holding him up and be like, this is what can happen if you got any of you other motherfuckers want to do this? You'll lose everything. I guess it's kind of like, what do we want? What is the preferred outcome when we have people, quote unquote, pay for their mistakes from our perception that they've made a mistake? Do we want them to learn from it and grow? I think that would be the preferred thing I, I for us. I say us. I mean, you, me, and the mouse in our pockets. I uh, think so, man. But like, but then it's like, well, what do the Nets want, or what does the NBA want, or what do the advertisers want? Because, you know, I think you can get it down in the muck and the mire about, well, why did it take so long for them to come up with anything? Like the the uh, uh, John Ursay, not John Ursay. Uh, uh, what's the name of the owner? John Josiah. 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 John Ursay is the owner of the, of Colts. the Colts. Yeah. Um Josiah is like, oh, essentially he's like, literally is like, oh, this is bigger than basketball, it makes a statement like a week ago. But then like nothing comes from it. Like it took so much to get where where we're, finally they gave him these six stipulations. And I don't I ultimately don't think it's worth it. So and part of it is that. I'm sorry. I don't believe that all of a sudden he had a eureka moment and he saw the light. He had all these opportunities to apologize, right his wrong, learn, listen, just listen. One of the main things you and I have talked about on this podcast is why don't people just hear people, other individuals or groups, when that group tells another person or group, hey, this action or this information or this whatever is racist or sexist or transphobic or whatever it is. And then that group go, nah. <laughs> you know, I saw, I was going through my thing uh, tweets a little while ago. Uh, I forget what the event had been, but I had tweeted like eight years ago. Oh, cool. Another couple of weeks of white people deciding what racism is and is not, <laughs> you know, uh, for black people. And it's, it just goes on and on. Kyrie Irving, to the best of my knowledge, is not Jewish. He does not get to dictate what is and what is not anti-Semitic. Just like I am not able to dictate what is and what is not transphobic or racist towards black people. I'm not trans and I'm not black. Surprise, surprise. So I don't understand where he comes up. So fine, when does he finally release any kind of a statement that, that showcases contrition? When he's suspended without pay. Oh, so that's what got you. Not over a week of people trying to say, trying to ask you, giving you. Yo, we, we talked about this press conference, this I think off mic. I don't think we talked about it on the pod. Like, in that press conference where he went after the reporters... They really, really, really gave him the space to 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 say, "Hey, Kyrie, do you, do you, do you really mean that though?" And he still doubled, tripled down. So, if he does these six things, who who cares? The I think it was the ACLU um, already said we don't want his money. Oh no, the it, maybe the Anti Defamation League. Yeah. yeah, they were like, 
they sent back either they sent the money and they sent it back or they were like if you send us the money we're not going to accept it because we don't feel that he means this shit well and you know what they're fucking right he doesn't mean it you know a lot of it was um i I read a story by uh woge and ramona shelburne about the time from the time that he posted the video to the time that they basically suspended him and it said that joe Psy was trying to give him like every opportunity to apologize he he let him go in front of the mic after the game he let him comment to reporters then when they put this it this this statement was was the three branch statement it it was from the owner from the anti defamation league and it had Kyrie Irving's name on it. Joe Sy had not spoken to Kyrie prior to that statement coming out, saying that he was going to donate this money. Oh, okay. He put the statement out, hoping that Kyrie would would come around. And then when he doubled down again in in person, the Anti Defamation League was like, "Look, bro, like we don't need the money. We don't want the money. Like." If if we knew that he wasn't sincere in this fact, we wouldn't have never put this statement out to begin with. Yeah, right. And it was not a short statement. It was it was it was many paragraphs. So we're at this point now with Kyrie, where um, he is persona non grata. Um, he is a very toxic employee right now. Um, it's been reported by ESPN, by Bill Simmons, that the Nets checked every team in the league <laughs> to see if they could get rid of him. And nobody wanted to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Do you think – I have now I've, I've seen the headlines. I have not heard the, um, like the data behind it. Do you think if the price was right? I mean, but it doesn't even matter. Like, do you think if they, like, if the Nets, oh, we'll take on the bulk of his contract, do you feel like there's any – like team out there that would be like, well, hey, for the right price, we'll take him on. I don't, I don't no. know, I don't yeah. know because, I mean, not not right now. Yeah, way too hot. Not right now. He's too hot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, give it a month. You know, and it, you know, in the NBA, a month could be fifteen games. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that now that question leads us into where do the Nets go from here? Dude, right, it is. A- They're still dealing with the ramifications of KD asking for a trade in the summertime, and then recanting. Right, I think we all still feel like he would take a trade if it was presented the right team. Except we were sitting here right now, and all of a sudden, a Woj bomb came on our on our phone screens, and it was like KD traded along with blank to blank, blank, blank. Would we- uh, it would not surprise us one bit. Absolutely. Um, not. Traded to Golden State for <laughs> and and a lot of the talking heads this week have been saying they're like, look, we know KD wants out. Kyrie is, is persona non grata. Send him home, right? Send him home. Just tank, tank the rest of the year. Get some draft picks back for KD. Ride Ben Simmons <laughs> and and stink it up for Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, Trying to that get that guy. number one draft that guy, pick. That guy. Um, so, look, this is kind of what they need to do. They kind of need to blow it up. They need to find, get what they can get for KD. They're not going to get 
100 cents on the dollar. They might get 70 cents on the dollar because he's a once-in-a-generation player. They may, they might, they better do it fucking now before he tweaks something. They better do it now. And he's out for three weeks right? or some shit. Take, he hurts himself right after Thanksgiving and then basically just like, oh, I'll come back in the new year. You know what I mean? Skips out on Christmas, all that shit. Like that's, I, I don't disagree with that. If they do that, actually, you know what? I don't even think they need to do that. Right now, this might be one of the biggest disasters in in, in regards to a team going quote unquote all in. And if you had of three or four years ago, four years ago probably, when this all went down, when Kyrie and, and Durant went to the Nets, if you had if you were Doctor Strange and you looked at all of the all of the outcomes. All the possible <laughs> dimensional outcomes of this event. How much would you have put? Like if it was like, if, <laughs> if, if I was like, hey, what outcome is it where there are no titles, no finals appearances, and most of the time Kyrie doesn't play and it's not because of injury. And you would just kind of look over at me and give me the, <laughs> like Dr. Strange <laughs> giving, giving Tony the one. <laughs> this is the one reality where this is it. Because, good lord, man, out of all the possible outcomes, I don't know if I have this. I, I did not have this in my, uh, in, in, in my Rolodex. You know, it's, it's interesting to think about. You know, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but going into the season where Kyrie and KD signed those deals with the Nets, KD uh, was rehabbing a torn Achilles. Kyrie had just come from Boston where it was a complete and utter disaster. Um, and there was a lot of uncertainty about how those two would fit together, mm. whether they would have chemistry. You know, they're obviously all-time greats by themselves, but sometimes that doesn't translate into on-court chemistry. Would they fit together? Would there... Uh, attitudes mesh and i i think (laughs) it's a straight no down the docket you know what i mean i think their attitudes mesh but not for other i don't think their attitudes work for team sports to be honest with you listen kd has shown us that he can fit into a system with with golden state they 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 went he went there that's a little revisionist history sir uh they were the got a showing match? With, they were the best team of all time. That's almost in spite of the bad blood between them. And he fucking left because he hated it. He right, but after like three seasons, two, right? But we got elite basketball from him and the Warriors in the in that time. But they did. We not have not like gotten that from the Nets in any shape, no, way, no, no, no. or fashion. for a lot of reasons. But maybe if they because different times in their career. By, and by the way, Kyrie is a different. It's a wild card, man. Kyrie is a wild card. So I th- I think that I mean you're right when you were like, hey, listen, we were kind of looking at the situation. The, uh, he tore his Achilles and still, and he we the Nets knew he was going to be out for a year, and they were like, no, we'll we'll take him. Um, and Kyrie was Kyrie coming off of disa- disasters and a really really terrible playoffs. Uh, uh, for the for the uh, Boston Celtics on his way out the door, he basically just flushed the playoffs down the toilet that season. Uh, and I do recall, as me and you being Knicks fans, that thought we were about to get those two, th- kind of looking at each other going like, you know, 
I don't know if I want those two personalities. <laughs> that in New York, in MSG, Kevin is a little prickly pear. Kyrie is a wild card. You know what? Maybe it's better. And that, but and the argument at that time that people would kind of say to people like me and you was like, you guys are just trying to make yourselves feel better. <laughs> and they were right to an extent that, oh, I'm relieved that I'm not getting Kyrie and KD because I don't want to deal with the sideshow. I don't want to deal with the circus that they bring. And look, what a sideshow it's been. I know, it's been. it's been worse than I could have ever imagined. Right. Dude, I did not have this on my bingo card. That Kyrie would share a fucking old ass uh, uh, documentary that was replete with anti-Semitic uh, uh, statements and characters. And that he just would refuse to recant it. I did not have this on my bingo card. And now here we are. You know. You look at the six things. I think it's, I think it's too much, <laughs> to be honest. And it's not because I don't think that what he did is bad. It's because I don't. I don't think he. I think it's a lot when he's not going to mean a single fucking thing. Right. You know what I mean. Right. And it, it's just like, and it all. You know what the other shitty thing is? Well, there's two. There's, there's three really shitty outcomes from this. I'm going to start with the worst. The worst part is any. Any way that a Jewish person has felt because of all this discourse, right literally at the end or near the end or in the middle of, depending on how you want to look at the Kanye West bullshit, his anti-Semitic bullshit. Yeah. So Kanye West, like all of a sudden here in 2022, we're talking about anti-Semitism as much as we are as they probably were, you know, at any other time in our history except for World War II. Um, so you got what Jewish people are going through as a people, right? The second worst thing is a video that none of us had ever fucking heard of. All of a sudden, we all have heard of it. I don't know what it's called, and I'm not really interested in finding out again what it's called. But right off the rip, dude, by, by the nature of this event, that has gotten millions upon millions and millions of more views. And if you want to say, and here's the third worst thing, is that how much, how much light is shown on this stupid fucking uh, documentary. It's if you show it to 100 people. And let's just be really, really conservative about it. If five people go, huh, those are some good points. Five out of 100. Like, are you saying that's a low number? Uh, would you think that if um, I said five out of 100, that's a low number? Because, by the way, if you're probably pretty spot on. So, let's say it's been watched a million times now. A <laughs> hundred goes into a million. A lot of times, I'm bad at math. You're talking about a lot, a lot, a lot of more people that have been indoctrinated with anti-Semitic tropes. And what does that lead to? Ladies and gentlemen, our history shows, not good shit. So, you know, Kyrie, you can't have it both ways, man. You can't be the, quote, beacon of light that you feel that you are. You can't be a, 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 a somebody who speaks truth to power and who who is an influencer in the, in the good way that you can use that term, not in a Kardashian way. But then feel like that when you share something like this, it doesn't have meaning. I heard somebody say on a pod recently that they don't even think Kyrie ever watched the motherfucking thing. And I went, you know what? I'd fucking believe it. And that's why. I would believe he, that. He, I definitely would. Because, th- you know, that's why he was along, so like, oh, there's no anti-Semitism in it. It goes along with the same shit like, like that Kanye's been doing. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? Like oh, Kanye no will books? post fucking... All types of quotes. He'll say, oh, I heard this in Candace Owens' documentary, so it must be true. I'm like, what? Like, what? <laughs> what? What did you do to learn that? Oh, somebody just said those that sentence to you? It's the equivalent of reading a headline and feel like you know about something. Well, it's, it's this whole culture 
that you know it, it's it has to definitely has to do with social media too but in this day and age of like seeing headlines that you might agree with and just automatically like storing that in your memory banks as stone hard facts yeah you know what i mean not listening through it not seeing like where it came from like watching the whole thing through and being like hmm that sounds a little fishy like maybe i need to look into that now a lot of you motherfuckers are just watching youtube videos and being like damn i never thought about it like that (laughs) this motherfucker is smart as shit this dude is like friends like if somebody comes off and says some shit which I believe this documentary kind of hints at or says straight up, hey, do you know that black people are the original Jews? And you go, damn. But like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, what do you mean by that? Or do you mean in a sense of like how anti-Semitic society has been through centuries? Well, hey, guess what? We were the first ones to get that kind of get that kind of heat. Do you mean that like in regards to the the uh, uh looking at Africa in the Fertile Crescent as the dawn of civilization, as in like, well, you know, black people were the original Jews because black people were the original people and everybody stemmed from that area so that it doesn't matter if you're the whitest Scandinavian, you are going back eons, African. You know, I don't know. So it doesn't matter like how twisted or stupid of the reasoning is. There is no reasoning. And you just say something like, honestly, I feel like, Kyrie just saw the opening where it was like, you know, the original black people. Or, or, or you know, that the original Jews were black people. And he's like, shit, they're right. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's it. He didn't watch past that. That sounds great. That's it. I'm going to post this shit. And they're going to love it. So what happens? What do you think? Ha- I don't want to get in the prediction game. Because there's Why no the way to predict. Not? That's what we do all the time. What happens? What happens? What does Kyrie uh, play for? By the end of the season, is, is, is Kyrie still playing for the Nets? Is Kyrie still playing for the Nets by the end of the season? No. And is he playing basketball at all? No. Does he play basketball again? Yes. I agree with everything you just said. I believe he does. I don't know where he's going to go. Like, part... I've been hearing some shit online about the Lakers, but I don't believe it because I feel like that organization has gone through... They've been dragged through the mud enough this season that their ego and their street cred cannot take a Kyrie Irving roster spot. LeBron, I think, is... I still think is too smart... He is his right now. The twilight of his career right now is 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 questions about Russell Westbrook this and and Anthony Davis that. He wants the end of his career to be about him. And by by all rights, <laughs> right? He's one of the all-time greats, Mount Rushmore, whatever you want to say about definitely, uh, about him, definitely. right? Definitely. So, the end of his career should be about LeBron. And if Kyrie comes on that team, it's no longer about LeBron. It's not going to be about LeBron. It's going to be about all the drama that Kyrie would bring to that team. And honestly, it's going to be like that wherever he ends up. If he lands on the fucking Trailblazers or if he lands on the Orlando Magic, like that is going to be the story. You know what I mean? And let's not get it twisted. The Nets have already come out and said, we're not picking up his option for next year. 
So this is his last year with the Nets. Um, I think it'll also be KD's last year with the Nets. So we got a Nets team here. They went all in on these guys. Harden, Harden. Ben Simmons. Yeah. Look, I I wanted it for Ben Simmons this year. I did. I wanted to see him win. But my God, he looks terrible. Yeah, it's not. It's not. He it's not looks. Happen. It's not working out. Terrible. I've never seen something like this before with a player of his prominence and of his skill just mentally be so lost that he is literally scared to shoot. I mean, and he's doing it this season too. Like, uh, I don't know if you follow Kevin O'Connor on Instagram, but there's been multiple examples where Ben will be on like a three-on-two break. And instead of like taking it, he's in the paint. Instead of taking it to the rack, he turns around and dishes it. And it's like, bro, you are like 6'10. You have crazy good handles. You just need to try to lay it up. Yeah. It doesn't even need to go in. You're going to get fouled. You, but you need to make attempts. Yeah. You need to shoot the ball. And like we've seen the clips of. Kyrie saying, shoot the ball, Ben. We've seen people from the sidelines say, shoot the ball. We've And it's just sad to watch because he's a really good player. You know what I mean? Like, he has the skill. But something, he got so broken in that last 76ers series. Um, it's, it's just sad to watch now. So you have that, Kyrie, KD, like I said before, they got to blow it up. Joe Psy, he's a... Really smart businessman. And I, I think he wants the best for his players. He came into this with a, a relationship with Kyrie already and his his management, which is why they've given him this long, long leash. You know what I mean? But the the uh the slack is running out. Sure is, man. You know what I mean? And that bitch is tight. <laughs> that bitch is tight. And so we're in a situation, I don't know. First of all, I don't think they're going to get their demands met. I don't think Kyrie is the type of person. He's going to come out and do these six things. Jump through these hoops because some organization or some uh, council of of people said, this is what we'd like to see from him. He sat out an entire season just about because he didn't want to get the vaccination. Right. Now he's all of a sudden going to do six things that I even think I'm like, well, maybe three. You know what I mean? Like make an apology, pay some money. Because by the way, it's all bullshit anyway. I do not want anybody to get it twisted that I feel like this is not a big deal. I think it's fucking terrible. But I think it's terrible just as like all the other terrible things that we hear uh, 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 famous people do, you know. I'm not going to name drop him again because we're talking about it too much. But on a podcast that both of us listen to, they were going through like all of the other things that white men have essentially done uh, uh, said the, uh, towards black people, like really bad things like that, how I'm racist, quote, I am a racist. And they essentially just said, sorry. And they eventually came back and there's no ill will. Right. right. I mean, all you have to do is think about so Mel Gibson did the double, maybe even the triple. He beat his partner he 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 downplayed the Holocaust and talked about Jews while he was intoxicated to a, um, uh, you know, said to a cop, you know, uh, you know, Jews are the reason we all have wars. You know, there's wars in this world, and said an unbelievably racist thing 
to his uh, to his ex wife, dropping the n word and and saying that he hoped he hoped that she would get quote raped by a pack of n words. Like an unbelievably racist statement to make. My guy is back in movies, all that shit. He did not have to go through what Kyrie's going through for this. So not even close. And guess what? Not even Bell close. Gibson's still a piece of shit, and he should not be in movies. And, and when he is in movies, I do my best. And I, I actually, I don't, I have not seen, to the best of my knowledge, a Mel Gibson movie since he's been quote unquote like. I know he's not like on the marquee, but he's making movies with Will Ferrell and Jodie Foster and all this shit, right? Uh, uh, he did one. Uh, he's a, he's a shitty cop with uh, Vince Vaughn, all that stuff. So. Like, Kyrie is Kyrie. He's not going to do these six freaking things. Um, I d- one one thing I want to say about Ben Simmons, he needs to do what Marco Fultz did. And I know it's not necessarily what Marco Fultz did necessarily. It's what they did for him or what ended up in a trade or whatever. He He's playing for Orlando, right? And he's able to have whatever career he's been able to have. He's had some high points. He's looked much better. Um, coincidentally, both of these gentlemen came out of the, uh, Philadelphia 76er system. I don't know what the heck's going on down there. Just creating trauma for players. Well, but like, Philly's a tough place to play. Well, and fucking it's, so and it's, is LA and New York too. I right. don't know. It's just, a, it's just weird that both these players who essentially like, I don't see us talking about a lot of other players that just essentially lost the will to play basketball. And apparently have trauma associated with putting the ball through the hoop, like Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. So he, ben Simmons needs to go play for like Orlando, Charlotte, uh, even the Pacers or something like that. He needs you know, to go somewhere and something get his swagger more back. Man. Exactly, exactly. Oh my god. Um. All right, I have uh, well, just one last thing with the Nets. Oh yeah, um, go ahead. They just smashed the Knicks tonight. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Did KD just go off? No, it was just a normal fucking. <laughs> yeah. just, just a normal game where the Knicks didn't do shit. So they're <sighs> five and six on the year. Yeah, a couple nice wins last week. Uh, whatever. Anyway, um, dude, I need to before it becomes. And it already is basically yesterday's news. We have to talk about Tom Brady. I have <laughs> to talk about. We need to talk. Let's Tom talk Brady. about so and here's Tampa Bay. So here's the thing about this. Here, here's my overall. I'm gonna give you give my me your thesis. I'm gonna give you my thesis rather than do a long fucking thing and then we go off topic. And I don't even say my thesis. What? <laughs> what does one ha- sacrifice for quote unquote greatness? And do you need to sacrifice as much as it seems Tom is and Michael Jordan has and whatever to be the pantheon of pantheon goats, right? Let me flesh that out a little bit more no, for you. You know what? I, I get it. Okay. I understand what you you're know what I'm saying. saying? And these people that you say, Jordan. Tom Brady. I only said two guys, but sure. Right? I'm, I didn't well, say like eight, uh, but I understand. But we can we can add more to the list. We can add Tiger Woods to the list. Ted Williams. We could add Kobe Bryant to the list. We could add Ted Williams to the list. We could add Shaquille O'Neal to the list. These are listen, this is what he's got these all these guys have in common. Is that at one point or another, 
they were at the very pinnacle of their sports, right? Kobe, Shaq, Jordan, Tiger. But with being the GOAT comes heavy personal loss, right? Whether that comes in the form with Kobe of um, severe uh, like social anxiety, um, questionable uh, at the very least um, sexual encounters with people that aren't your wife, uh, and then having that become scandal. Uh, also in the same Venn diagram, Tiger Woods, mm. um, everything that happened with him, with with uh, his ex-wife coming out on Thanksgiving morning or Thanksgiving Eve, whatever day it was, with smashing up the, the SUV. Uh, Shaq, heavy personal uh, issues with his, his ex-wives. A lot of his kids, you know, he's, he admits that he was not the best father to them. Now most of them are grown and they have a different relationship. But when he was playing, he was not there. And all these guys, we're seeing it with Tom Brady now, you know, his kids are growing up and we're learning through TMZ and the Shade Room and the Daily News, whoever, that he wasn't the best family man. And I think with these guys, they sacrifice everything for greatness. And, you know, to you and I, Family is everything, right? Our family, our kids, each other. Um, Love you, man. We wouldn't give that up for anything, mm. right? Not if the, I mean, you know, we are clearly in a different financial <laughs> position as these other goats, but. Um, I, I like how you say other goats. <laughs> so we are goats. We are goats. <laughs> we are goats, just not in that same space. 100%. Uh, so you have, but in, in this professional athlete world, I feel like you do have to give up part of yourself. You do have to sell some of your soul in order to be, to have that mentality, to have that Mamba mentality, to have that cutthroat. Like we've seen the last dance, the, the Michael Jordan documentary, like to this day, Michael Jordan is a killer, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it's in his DNA. It's in his personality. Kobe was the same way. A little bit less after he retired because he became more like also a girl dad and stuff like that. Prior to there was a time or two because I don't think you – I think that that was being worked on the last couple of years of his, of yeah, his career. But, but, but yeah. you understand what I'm saying. Like These guys have to essentially give up that part of themselves. They have to be emotionally cold. You're you know, essentially being like this, you know, Thanos. Like, <laughs> yeah. What did you, you have to, to give you, up? What, what did, did you, you have to, to give up? Everything. Everything. Right. So, so right. I hear you, but like, so I think though that there's a difference, and the difference is, by the way, in the tiers of greatness that we're talking about here, right? Um, because except for maybe Tiger, I think Kobe is a top ten basketball player. But he's not going to be on a lot of people's. The vast majority of, of basketball heads, Mount Rushmore. He could be on some like. Right, I don't want to get. But, but, not, but that's not no, what we're. That's not what this no, is. No, but it is. But it kind of is, though. Because what I'm saying is, I think that there's a difference, right? 
between Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, um, uh, who else did you? You said Tiger, but Tiger's different, right? But what, what and, I'm and, what I'm saying is I'm not I'm not ranking these guys. As no, the I know, best no, I know, I know. No, but what I'm what I'm saying is their personal mentality. But but so I have a so I think that there's a difference between Michael and Tom, first name basis now. We're all goats here, mm-hmm. and Kobe and Shaq. And that difference is, first of all, different tiers of greatness here. I think that Tom Brady is right now the GOAT of football. I think that Michael Jordan, for many, many people, I would venture to guess most, for now at least, Michael Jordan is the GOAT of basketball. Kobe is not. Shaq is not. So what you've seen is their ability to repair relationships, right? Like Kobe like got his mind right and got his shit together and... There's a tons of people who have mourned the loss of that man, and you see, you hear all of these stories of from athletes saying like, "Oh, he reached back and 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 mentored me. Mm-hmm. He sent me the text. He called me after I lost a game. Devin Booker here, and and whatever, like all, yep. all gone, yep. gone down the line. His relationship with his daughters, how we, what, whatever, all of it, all of it. Um." What I'm talking about is something a little bit different, I think, when we when when we look at Michael and, and Tom Brady and maybe even to an extent Tiger. Because it seems like their greatness is on a different level, but it seems like what they've – their – not notoriety, but their reputation and what they've seemingly lost – it seems also greater. Kobe and Shaq and however many thousands of athletes, they don't fucked up. But but they either they by and large were able to get their lives together and make amends. I I do want to say now, probably twelve to fifteen minutes into this conversation, it is important to acknowledge we don't know specifically how the people in Tom Brady's and Michael Jordan's life regard them. That they probably both have a long list of people who absolutely adore and love them for good and legitimate reasons, not just money reasons, not fame reasons. And that the reasons why him and Giselle are getting divorced may be tied to his career, but it may not be everything, right? We don't know what happened between those two until Giselle comes out with a tell-all book or Tom says lets something slip in an interview, which I very much doubt he would because he's a fucking alien robot. Um... We, we only can hypothesize. And from the outside, we've had years, years of hearing from Giselle, I want him to stop playing football. It is a dangerous sport. We've made enough money. He's done his thing. I want my husband, my, my husband home and my children's father home with us to enjoy the life that we've built. Heard it year after year of after course. year. Yeah. And then he finally retires last year. There's this really, he had one of the weirdest off seasons of all time. Oh, maybe he's, you know, like all of a sudden he retires. Oh, there's rumors he could sign here. There's rumors he's going to be part owner and player for the Miami Dolphins. All this shit. He, he comes back to Tampa Bay. They, quote unquote, just have uh, uh, I forget, uh, uh, Todd Bowles step up and uh, Bruce Arians Bruce retires. Arians, quote unquote, retire, right? It was well documented that they had a, a uh, a relationship that wasn't the best all the time, right? And all of a sudden, him and Giselle are getting divorced. And it's and I said <laughs> in our predictions podcast on our levels on our spicy podcast about the NFL, 
I said some shit was going on. That man don't look right. And he ain't going to finish the season. And it will not be injury related. I stand by that statement. Bill Simmons, I know you listen to the podcast. Because a week ago, you said the same shit, my guy. You you said the same shit, Bill Simmons. I want my credit where credit is due. Um... Well, he's just not eating that uh, Brazilian cuisine anymore. It's, it's, you know what I mean? That's, that's his losing the shape in his face. Does this, like, I, I have to ask. I mean, I really truly mean this. I don't think you, oh, Ted Williams is another one. I don't think you need to Thanos this shit. The man was already the fucking goat, bro. We were calling John Brady the goat six, seven, eight years ago. We definitely were. We We definitely were two years ago. This man retired, and everybody said, the GOAT, the GOAT, the GOAT, the GOAT. He fucking comes back and loses his family to a certain extent. To what fucking end, bro? To go to barely make the playoffs? To never be in the Super Bowl again? I'm sorry. He will never be in the Super Bowl again. To peter out like Jordan on the Wizards? And I go as far as to suggest... We for we kind of gloss over the the Jordan on the Wizards. We're not gonna forget the Tom Brady on Tom, Tampa Bay. Part partly because he's he won a fucking Super Bowl. Of with course, them. that's totally of something course. different than than Jordan and the Wizards. But I don't remember, and maybe it's because I was younger. I don't remember it going in this way where he, like Jordan lost his family <laughs> because he decided to come back another year. Jordan, I mean he. His personal life, obviously, all this stuff took place without social media. The we internet didn't know was any in of its infancy. Yeah. So a lot of that stuff that happened with him, you know, we were not privy to. But imagine Jordan playing nowadays. Heavy gambler, loves Vegas, <laughs> loves golf, loves gambling, um, loves partying. The man. Right? Dude got down. If he were to play today, we would be asking some similar questions about him. I mean, he he's his kids are grown as they are. He's divorced from from his uh their mother. Yeah. Right? So like we don't know how it went. In in all of this though, your your question is valid and and it was something that I had asked Tom. I had asked Tom myself uh, <laughs> as, as your a, weekly Tampa as, Bay. Uh, as, uh, oh, I forgot. Fan I forgot to mention. I also host a uh, Tom Brady interview <laughs> series. You have like a similar thing, like Aaron Rodgers yeah, and uh, Pat Summerall, or whatever his name is. Me and Tom need to talk. That's what it's called, dude. Uh, I, <laughs> you got advertisers on that? Not I'm yet. gonna need some of that residuals, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but look, we don't know the ins and outs, but we probably know enough to know that it probably wasn't um, a great thing for their marriage for him to return to football. Yeah. Um, and so here we are. I mean, from from what I read on TMZ, and TMZ is always right. They're usually, yeah, um, usually spot on. They had a pretty ironclad prenup. Everything was finalized like last week. Wow. So this was not something that just like when the news dropped that they were getting divorced, I think like the ball had already been rolling. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, 
I think when he was gone for that 11 days in training camp, I, I'm pretty positive, like, something happened in that time period where that related to his divorce here. So, you know, I think that there's it's tough for us to place ourselves in these types of positions because we're talking about goat. We're talking about a level of wealth that it's hard for us to comprehend. Um, a level of access to basically everything in life that we don't com- that we can't comprehend. Um, a type of dedication to a thing that we can't comprehend uh, a physicalness or an emotional, a mental prowess. Like these, I get it. I get it in another realm than me and you. However, he's still a person, right? And there's thousands and thousands and thousands of athletes out there, a professional. And I've listened to a lot of them, a lot of them on podcast because, because the ones that are the most real to me, because you know, who's not going to be, you know, who's not going to have an interesting podcast. Tom fucking Brady. Tom Brady, he doesn't he doesn't share anything of note ever because the, the way his personality is. Um, so, but like guys like J- Jalen Rose, um, Stephen Jackson, Stephen, oh, absolutely, Matt Barnes. Um, who's who's the white uh, guy? JJ Redick. JJ Redick. Yep. Um, like these guys, you know these these are phenomenal athletes as well. By the way, they're not goats in any way, shape, or form. But these guys are phenomenal athletes, and especially Jalen Rose. His, his one of the things he always says is, "It's not this. It's you know, it's not the whatever the whole. It's, it's not the score of the game. It's the, it's the game of life or whatever kind of thing." Essentially, I'm messing up his quote, but it's, it's saying, "Yo, you can do whatever you want on the court or on the field, um, or on the diamond or in the rink." But like, yo, that's gonna end. And what do you want your legacy to be afterwards? Do you want it to be the cards and and the, you know the, the trophies and the statues, or do you want it to be your 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 family that you're going to have around you, your friends that you surround yourself with? To be clear, of course, Tom Brady still will have family and friends around him. It's just that, like, I remember in my life. Here's me comparing myself to Tom Brady. I remember in my life having certain things in my life, right, that were. That were not jiving with this next phase for me, which was married and eventually having children. And it was the tired and gross and just uh, pathetic cliche of another middle-aged man being like, oh, but can I let go of this life for this one? I know I want this one, but like, and then romanticizing whatever garbage that was anyway. <laughs> Hanging around with the same two idiots. <laughs> Not you. Sir. <laughs> I know. Sir. Oh, kind of you. Kind of I you. resent that. <laughs> I, know, I know. You resemble that remark. I, um, res- I absolutely do. Which is like, whatever. A lifestyle that doesn't jive with, with, with a married life with children. And, and being like, essentially saying like, yo, it's time to let that go. It's time to what, what? What does it say in 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 the Bible? Something regarding like you know, uh, essentially putting down uh, childish things, and, and you know, and, and becoming an you know, it, you know when I, when I it was you, you uh, it was uh, on, John thirty eight said, uh, "Thou shalt drop thy PS controller." It's <laughs> <laughs> good one. And follow thee. Follow thee. Follow <laughs> thine into the into the promised land. And that being, yo man, leave that shit behind and be an adult. And like, not for nothing, Tom. Like, leave the locker rooms in the long plane rides 
and the and the TB12 training regiments behind and fucking go to Cabo with your supermodel wife and your beautiful children. Like, honestly, like, what else is there to do? The glory is gone, man. You lifted trophies over your head and the confetti fell on you more than any fucking quarterback in the history of the game. Go look at your kids in the eye over dinner and say, I love you, pal. Do you want to throw catch in the backyard? I'll go, I'll wake Julian up out of the hammock, <laughs> you know, but he couldn't do it. And it's just, it's, it's more than anything else. It's fucking sad. It's not that sad though. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Uh, it's a little sad. It's a little sad, but you know what? Look, Peyton Manning. Right? Fuck Peyton Manning. Look, he's. <laughs> lo- is there any semblance from that man that he's not loving every moment of his life? You know what though? He. <sighs> who do you who do you want who you want to be? Peyton or fucking Tom Brady? Who would you want rather be? Who would I rather be? Right now, sitting right here. Damn. You both, by the way, have more money than you could ever fucking spend. Yeah. So it's not a wealth thing. Well, look, who Pey- seems happier? Peyton did obviously did not have the same longevity as Tom. Nor the the rings, but he's he's achieved um, a a really striking level of success after his playing career that does not uh, make him feel like he's been in a car crash at once a week. <laughs> um, you know, unless you call that uh, like having to talk to Eli for three hours every week. Watch that's that's <laughs> pretty close to a car crash. Oh, sir, but, um, excuse me, um, that has but, universal. <laughs> Yeah, uh, approval yeah, rating. Yeah, <laughs> amongst Giants fans. Yeah, um, that's not even close to true. <laughs> uh, look, Peyton Manning's doing great. He's. Doing I'm just great. saying, like, I just like you look at all these retired athletes, and, and you're like, okay, yeah, like there is life after that. I'm not saying they didn't go through a transition. I'm not saying maybe a lot of them maybe deal with depression, right? Like. I, I, I hope that I, – I don't hope they go through that, but I've heard sometimes players talk about that, like when the game is over, um, when, when the lights go down and they no longer have this routine. Um, right. They've spent every waking day preparing more than ever understand. And, and, and exercising and getting their body – Focusing in, in on this one thing. To do that. And then when it's done, by the time – if they're lucky, by the time they're 30 – yeah, it's yeah, done. Yeah, by the yeah, seriously. You know what I mean? You, like, and then what do you do with the the other two thirds of your life? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and a lot of them are prepared for that. The highest highs that a body and a mind can comprehend. Other than other than now, this is without I think the great you know what? Let's try a thing right now. Can you think of your greatest sports moment? Can you right now reflect on if you had to think about in your life? What was the greatest achievement you ever made? The greatest play, the greatest win you ever had as an athlete. You you tripled my <laughs> athleticism. I'm trying uh, to think for myself. This is going to sound so stupid. But it's going to sound that way because I'm not a professional athlete. <laughs> no, but the, dude, <laughs> the vast majority of the family cannot will be able to identify with so, this, though. So my... Favorite achievement of my athletic career was running the table with our North Stonington based yes, football team yes, dude. and winning every game and going undefeated in the Westerly YFCA flag football league. We did that 
I was 30. <laughs> or 29. We were just talking about you. if you're lucky, your career will take you to age 30. Well, here you <laughs> so, are. Right. So uh, I was one of those here lucky are, ones bro, where yeah. my career extended, uh, you know, further than normal. But yeah, yeah I mean, look. I'm glad we we got that comparison out of the way, <laughs> but but uh, you know I would agree with most of the pundits who say Brady probably should have hung it up when he called it the first time, and um, you know this year has not been great. Yeah, as a Tampa fan, um, yeah. even though they are still somehow. In first place in their division, um, and they had a, they had a, a comeback game last week. Uh, one of those vintage Brady drives to win the game at the end, uh, which was amazing to watch after seeing the last three games. Yeah, uh, looking just god awful. But um, look, there's still more than half the season left to go, and actually, no, that's not true. It's it's right it's about a, half. A, a, a week eight, week nine. Uh, this is week nine, yeah. and a lot of people have had buys already, so yeah. we're about halfway through. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of things can happen. You know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that weight is off his back now. Maybe that was something that he had in the preseason, <laughs> the first first part of the season that was weighing on him mentally. Now he's got the paperwork signed, the ink is dry. So he, he can take out a pretty young thing on a Saturday night, yeah. not have anybody worry about it. I think, unfortunately, the pretty young thing that Tom wants to bring out is a little too young for public uh, consumption. <clears throat> what What does that mean? I've made these jokes in front of you before. You are I'm I'm uh, consistently impressed by you. Just re- uh, apparently living in this bubble by and and maybe this is the bubble that you're in when you're a when you are a fan of a team that Tom Brady plays for, sir. It is widely joked about online about Tom Brady's love of kissing young boys. Okay, <laughs> you've done I the same it. thing before too. I um, get it. By the way, I just want to say you didn't ask me about my greatest sports moment. I it's because I know it. <laughs> actually i don't what what is i was curious i i think it probably had to do with uh a tackle football game uh that's up there actually okay yeah, that's up All there right. i had a really clean tackle one time yeah. on morgan taylor a really 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 clean tackle down at the rec field so ladies and gentlemen t- uh, uh you probably won't be surprised to know that I did not necessarily have the athletic career, uh, both in organized sports or unorganized sports, as my friend Willis did. And point, uh, a point of fact, my greatest. It took me a minute. I I was thinking, oh, maybe something with Scott Country. There was one time, Mister Turner was like, "Yeah, Felix, this is why, yeah, like cheer me on." And it was like fucking Bill Turner's cheering me and clapping me on. This is the greatest feeling I ever felt in my life. Um, but then I remembered. Probably the one that comes up the most often, and that is me winning the Tin Man <laughs> at Boy Scout camp when I was probably like 14 years old. So this is how far back I had to go. You, you went need, back to 30. You need to explain what the Tin Man is, because I don't know. Gladly. You would not know unless you went to Camp Yagu, first of all. 
So the Tin Man is just so at Boy Scout Camp at Camp Yagu in Rockville, Rhode Island. He yuck. Um, there is a, a there's a sw- uh, uh, a water competition. There's all sorts of different races and competitions on the water. Uh, a canoe race, and all of them are fun. All of them have a, a trick to them. Look, the canoe in and out is you and a partner in a canoe. You have to go out around the dock and come back, but no paddles. And if they blow the whistle once, you have to switch ends in the canoe, like from bow to stern, from you and your partner. And if they blow the whistle twice, you do partner have to jump out of the canoe and climb back in. So it's all like, oh, then there's this relay race, but you have to wear a sweatshirt, shit like that. You know, it's not just yeah. like run this race. The Tin Man is a take on the Iron Man. <laughs> And the Tin Man is just, and you you went to a camp, I'm sure, like a day camp or some kind of, yes. and you go to anywhere yes. and they have a pond, right? Yes. And there's the normal swimmers area. And there's usually a beginner's area that goes up to your, about your knees or so, and then there's a dock. Then there's a middle area, which is like, maybe gets a little deeper, maybe gets like up to your head or over your head. And then there's a dock, and then there's a a little bit more of an expert level, which is maybe, you know, could be like seven to 10 feet deep or deeper. There's a floating dock out there, out there in the pond, whatever. That's what at Camp Yago too. And the Tin Man is you start in the beach and you run out and you swim through the first area, climb up the dock, swim through the second area, climb up the dock, jump into the third area, swim out to the dock and you come back. And throughout my entire childhood, this was a race for like the most, the most athletic <laughs> Uh, kids in camp, which ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you in the nineties, boy scout camp. <laughs> let me tell you, there were some athletes. I'm being facetious. No, but still, you know, there was, you know, so the year that I did it, our troop was down to like five or six kids. And I ran the, ra- I, I by default, I was the oldest kid in the troop at like 14. So I ran the race and nobody, my troop didn't even they weren't even up there on the beach to cheer me on. That's how much it was like. Oh well, Felix is gonna get last fucking place. And uh, 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 spoiler alert, your man's somehow fucking won. And just the feeling that I had coming on the beach, my entire troop running up. You're like ah, because they were fucking not even close. They had to run up to the beach and cheer me on. Willis, spoiler alert, I won the next fucking year too, motherfucker. Damn. So how th- come you didn't enter the real Iron Man after that? Um, because uh, there's levels to it. There's levels to it. Uh, to to athleticism, and my peak was Boy Scout camp, mid to late '90s. So I say all that to say and bring that up to be like those moments. And we've we've both had some others, both in organized sports in high school. Um, you played after high school in, in leagues. We are times that we've had on the basketball court or on the football field, just amongst our friends. These feelings are are something else, and it doesn't even hold a flickering bic lighter to whatever these men and women achieve on the court or on the field. That being said, there comes a time where you hang up your helmet and you and you have your gaunt <laughs> thirty. How old is he now? 44, 45 year old face. That, liposuction face go and just kind of maybe take a couple extra fish oil vitamins to stave off that CTE. Woo. Yeah, I know. Damn, that was cold at the end there, bro. Uh, maybe that's why he got divorced a fucking Brazilian supermodel. <laughs> Does any of us, has that been brought up? Maybe the CTE is already settling in. Shit, I hope not, bro. The way, I hope he, not the way he ducks hits. I don't know. I hope and absorbs them. I, I hope not either. That would be terrible. Uh, 
<laughs> Damn, you look at, now look at the runtime. <laughs> we were gonna hop around. Hey, well, so listen. Can we just end on 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 something? On a thing? A quick Let's thing? And on a thing. Yeah. This weekend's a big weekend. It is. It is Wakanda Forever. Mm. Do you have any plans to see Wakanda Forever? I plan on going probably uh Monday evening. Um, I think I'm going to go to Mystic first, watch it with my son. Mm. Uh, you are welcome to join if you are free. Um, I don't want anything to do with it. No? Yeah. Not, I don't, I don't like to hang around you when we're not on pod. Man, fuck you. <laughs> uh, Your son on yeah. Me and Mace get along like freaking. Like, you two guys need to sit in the back you and sit in the back about <laughs> politics. Uh, Yo, man, I would love to hear his take on shit. He's smart, bro. He's oh, smart. absolutely. Is, yeah. Um, yeah, so I plan on watching it when, uh, no later than Monday. So um, it, when it drops the eleventh, which t- is uh, uh, right the eleventh. Well, I think it starts Thursday, which is tomorrow. I think oh, like so I, I think it premieres Thursday night. Previews yeah. late, uh, like midnight tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, I am. I am actually. We, me and the wife, we have a special weekend coming up. Just because this is not not like an anniversary or anything like that, but this was for her birthday. I got us tickets to see. We're gonna go to see to a con, to a concert to a show oh. in Providence Friday oh. night, right? Yeah, we're gonna stay in Providence. I got a hotel, bro. What the hell? I got a hotel room, bro. Yeah, man. And kids are going to Vermont, so I am kidless at least Friday into Saturday, at least. So we're going to the IMAX first showing Saturday morning. Brad out. I. What is your excitement level? For what kind oh, of friend? We were talking about it when I mean, the preview came out, but what's your excitement level? What's my your, what's your excitement expectation? level? Is is as high as it goes. Um, I mean, I'm expecting just great things. Almost like my expectation level is higher than when Black Panther came out. Oh yeah, because yeah. Black Panther was such a fantastic movie that now, like, the pressure is on Ryan Coogler in so many ways to, um. Uphold the legacy that Chadwick Boseman left as T'Challa. Um, honor his life mm. um, as he passed from cancer, like so tragically, and then also progress the the MCU story and the, the story of Wakanda. Who is going to take up the mantle? I think by now, if you haven't seen one of the eighteen thousand commercials. You probably have a pretty good idea of where the mantle of the Black Panther is going to go. But I'm really excited to see Namor. I'm excited to see Ironheart, see how they introduce her. Um, And just from from the trailers I've seen, the performances from like Angela Bassett and and, um, and, and, um, Letitia Wright and all these amazing actors and actresses in this, in this, movie that you know this black this black panther franchise is the only one that really has um like held this cultural grip on yeah. us um you know like there's been other really popular movies right like avengers endgame was popular avengers like infinity war i I would say like the only other movies that are not avengers uh specific 
like because you know how I feel about Spider Man. I, I, we've had this back and forth. We can include Spider Man. The 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 character centric ones: Thor, Captain America, um, uh, uh, Black Panther, and Spider Man. Those are the four main ones. I mean, there's Ant Man, Doctor Strange, but those are obviously we we know those are like B C level. These are these yeah, are the yeah. tent poles. But like yeah. the these Black Panther. So the black the, the the Captain America and the Thor movies are fantastic. I, I think I think by and large the Captain America ones edge out the uh, Thor ones, but Black Panther has created an entire world that I cannot wait to get back into. And it's crazy to think it's only been one movie. There's been four in the time that there's been what four four Thor movies, right? And I think three or, or so Captain America's there's only been one Black Panther I know that I know they both got a head start because you ain't giving a, a black man a, his own his own movie until 10 years into the MCU really but we've only had one Black Panther movie and, and that's crazy to think yes T'Challa's been in uh, this Avengers movie he was in uh, that Captain America Civil War movie whatever but this is the the second movie in this franchise and the expectations could not be higher. I so I think that a lot of a, a you can garner a lot from what the expectations and quality of a movie are going to be by the way a studio pushes it. And yeah, sometimes you have literally like they dump it off in February and they don't do any advertising to it and stuff like that. Like there's stuff like that. But even like big tentpole movies like Marvel movies and stuff like that you know, they advertise it a certain way. They were doing shit for Wakanda forever. I feel like this movie's been building, building. It's one of these movies where I can't believe it's actually coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, like, yeah. it pinched me. It's coming out this weekend. Um, The the way that everybody involved in it has 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 talked about it. Um, I do want to give a little shout out to them. Because it seemed like if you were around Chadwick Boseman, like you felt love for him or and loved by him. And yeah, sometimes we can romanticize what movie sets can be like and be like, Oh, they're, but they're best friends. And it's like, Oh, they, they never talk to each other after they finished the movie. But the, the, the experience of black Panther, it seems like that was a, a family. Yeah. Right. On set. Yeah, it certainly from all Ryan Coogler on down. Right. And for them to cope with his loss, but then have to put work into the a sequel make the movie in the middle of a pandemic by the way and now go on this global spanning premiere where they are going to be talking relentlessly and endlessly about Chadwick i can't imagine the emotional toll that takes and i'm sure you get to a point where it's like you're just like i i just love talking about my friend but like still like they must have all just sat down together or by themselves and been like all right, <laughs> like this is going to be the next two and a half years of my life is making this movie and then premiering it and then talking about my friend who died. So every time I see another interview with Lupita Nyong'o or, or, or Ryan Coogler uh, standing on a red carpet, I'm like, oh, there's another time where they have to talk about their dead friend. So <laughs> like my heart goes out to him, but um, I'm really, really, I have high, ex- high expectations for what we're about to see. And I'm pretty confident none of them would have set foot on a set wherever they filmed it if they didn't think that the product would meet up to his memory. You know that's, what I mean? That's part of it, too, is like, I don't think that because they, they, they know Marvel knows Kugler knows 
Like all, this whole cast knows what he meant. Um, not only to the MCU, but yeah. culturally to what the he world. meant. Yeah. To the world, what he represented. His name is gonna be like and, echoing and he, through through time. Through this movie, through this Wakanda Forever movie, they're using that to honor him, which is why I know it has to be good. You know what I mean? Because Marvel, this multi-billion dollar company, like even they as a corporation understand that this one can't miss. They cannot take another They cannot miss. They can't. So very excited for this. Uh, I'm hearing the uh, betting lines have the number of times that I will cry in this movie (laughs) at two and a half. Um, Um, I suggest taking the over. I'm taking the over. I'm slamming the over. Call my that over right now. Well, my guy, uh, we done did it. We came out on the other side. Episode one zero five. You're. If, if there's one thing I want everybody to remember, it's uh that we got that real life shit from front to back. <laughs> I love you, <laughs> my peoples. If you're with me, where the fuck you at? Yeah, motherfucker. I love you too. Let's go. Thank you.